Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. C, Senor. You know what it is? Dimly lit room. Deep, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And on Super Bowl weekend, on a Friday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. The Rams. The Bengals. Playing for it all. The crowd. I don't know. Maybe that's what you're interested in. I'm interested in the ambassadors enforcing or not enforcing the mask rules in SoFi Stadium. Mask Bowl. That's what I'm excited about. I This is the most excited I've been about a Super Bowl in many years. I know it. I can't wait. <laughs> Plus, I just got the uh, snapshot of the Super Bowl illegal pool I'm in, where you get the little squares with the numbers. Uh-huh. Holy cow, did I draw some good numbers. Whoa. Big payday. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Well, you know, you got your Rams on one side on your one axis. Then you got your Derbingles on the other axis. Axis, and then you randomly assign one through nine or one through zero. And if the Rams score ends on say uh, six at the end of the first quarter, and you've got the six, well, then you win X amount of money. But so this takes away any sort of uh, expertise or belief that you know a lot about the teams in the game. It's just luck. Oh, completely right. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. But the draw is important, man. I got like threes, sevens, and sixes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, what do you suppose is the best way to take in the Super Bowl on Sunday, to have an idea what's going on mask-wise? I, I think probably Twitter. i got to believe people inside the stadium are going to be tweeting out stuff about that, because they're not going to well, mention it on the official broadcast, probably. 
Yeah, I was going to say, you've heard of television, right? That's an excellent way to follow the no, Super Bowl. But That's not going to um, tell you anything about this. But Of course, it will. they'll have uh, crowd shots constantly. Yeah, I think I'm going to... That's a big part of a football telecast, so I think that'll... But Twitter, I think, is a great uh, idea, too. You know, our friend Dave, I'm going to be hitting... I know he's going to be busy because he works, but I'm going to be hitting him up with... Dude, because people will be getting there early, I assume. Sure, yeah. Uh, so what's the deal? People wearing masks or not? The ambassadors going around making people put their masks on? Yeah, that... Oh, wow. This could be a... I, I'm... I'm not kidding. Where I, I know you're not either. This could be a huge moment politically for the whole mask thing. If, it, yes. if it's unmasked, if you will, as uh, as either unenforceable or not enforced, I think it's over. I think between Stacey Abrams standing in front of those kindergartners last week, which is which has really grown as mm-hmm. a story, and I'm happy to see that. As it should, yeah. And then what happens on the Super Bowl? That, oh, it's coronavirus. Geez, and you know why? Oh, now everybody's not, got it. Because people aren't, mas- people aren't oh, masking enough. Lord, what have we, I done? We need more masking at schools so you don't have to sneeze like that. What the hell is going on? So I, I mentioned I, <laughs> I mentioned this later in the show. Maybe I should mention it here. I don't know if you've heard the whole. Have you heard the whole Stacey Abrams story? Because you know, if you follow politics, you saw the picture. She's running for governor. She's a fraud through and through in a whole bunch of different ways, which we can talk about at a different time. But anyway. Um, She's there, smiling, unmasked, in front of a bunch of cute little kindergartners. That's what makes it so powerful. It's the youngest of kids in their damn masks. The most useless of masking. Yes, the most useless of masking. Useless and needless. Because they're not at risk from the disease. The masks don't work, etc., etc., etc. She's not wearing the mask. So originally it was just another French laundry sort of story. You know, it was just another hypocrisy story. Until she made her so-called apology in which she said well i had to take my mask off not just for the picture i had to take my mask off because the kids were having trouble understanding me which makes me so mad i want to spit nails wow and 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 a lot of people across the country as i've been following this felt the same way oh oh i'm sorry the kids couldn't understand you with your mask on just like they couldn't understand their teacher for the last two years or any of their friends. Little, tiny kids can't have conversations with their friends. Because they're wearing masks. And there's no science to back it up. And you SOBs are putting them in masks for political reasons. God, I hate you. Well, and there's a study just came out, mentioned it yesterday, that showed that kids have a much more difficult time recognizing faces that are masked than adults do. So these little kids spend their days surrounded by strangers, more or less. They're not sure who's their friend and who they know, so they're just in this atmosphere where a mumbling teacher is difficult to hear. They're all masked. It's it's hurting their development in half a dozen different ways, and they don't know who's who. Think of how disturbing and disconcerting that would be for a small child, for for whom the recognition of faces is just incredibly important for their emotional health. It makes me so angry and sad. I can't believe I you people are doing this. Why are you doing it? God, if you work at a school and, and making everybody wear masks, ask your boss or somebody, why are we doing this? Why are they making us do this? What's the reasoning? Come up with the reasoning. There isn't any. Oh, I've heard it a hundred times. The reasoning is we've got to keep everybody safe. There was there was a year ago, fine. There's not now. There's just overwhelming evidence, okay? Please stop doing this. God, I was hearing more from uh, 
you know, people who study this sort of thing about the way kids pick up nonverbal facial expressions, have to see lips when you're still in the in the, the process, even as a five year old of learning how to speak right. and form words. And all that were taken away from kids for no reason right. other than politics, which is the worst of reasons. That's a worse reason than anything I can imagine. There's a story yesterday came out about a, uh, a three-year-old in speech therapy who was thrown out because her mom wouldn't have, I think it was a him, wear a mask. Or You're her, it a matter. cruel human being. Oh, you, and a lunatic. And, you know, I'm not going to have any effect on you because I'm sure you don't listen to the show. And you think, you know, I'm, I'm saving lives. I'm saving children's lives. No, you're not. Please spend some time on the Internet. Do some research. Please. Not going to happen. It's virtue signaling. It's we're, tribal. We were doing this story yesterday, and I got all worked up uh, then. And a buddy of mine texted me and said, I was listening to the podcast. I was afraid you are going to have a heart attack when you were talking about Stacey Abrams and the mask. <laughs> oh, it makes me so sad. Those little kindergartners. Oh, my God. What are you people doing? Oh, my gosh. I'll just, shut up about it. Just got a great note. And I will, too, right after this. But it's too hilarious. Kevin, our uh, COVID correspondent says there won't be masks at the Super Bowl. I know you're excited about the possibility of the big fight, but it's not going to happen. All that mask enforcement talk is just talk. How do I know? Take a look at what happened last night at the NFL's annual award show, uh, the NFL Honors, where uh, Aaron Rodgers got the MVP and everything. It was held in the YouTube Theater, which is attached to SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Literally, the same place the Super Bowl will be held on Sunday, and there are, uh, he sends a bunch of screenshots, zero masks. It's a full theater. Indoors. No masks. And that's full on indoors. indoors. Yeah. Indoors. <clears throat> Well, literally on site. If you didn't at the Super Bowl, if you didn't enforce any masks <laughs> indoors, you're certainly not going to. And when it's kind of outdoors, ah, I wouldn't but, think. But little children don't have the confidence and the wherewithal to stand up to the bullying. So the little children will continue to wear masks. Uh, let's All start right, the show officially. Yeah, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this, it is Friday, February 11th, the year 2022. New you in 22. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's leap into action now officially according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go. Much to do, and the time to do what we have been doing is every day, and we will do the time. <laughs> is now. At, is now at Mark. Ukraine. I mean, excuse me, Iraq. <laughs> Afghanistan. Um, Ukraine, Iraq, Afghanistan. I give up. We got to play a little bit of the president's uh, interview with Lester Holt from NBC because he's, you know, not just bumbling, stumbling there, which is fine. That just is what it is. But boy, a couple of his answers. Man, oh, man, oh, man. That report that came out about the withdrawal from Afghanistan from the army that the Washington Post had mm-hmm. that we've been talking about, he just flat out rejected it, said it's not true. You're, you're, so you're saying the internal report from the army is not correct? No, no, that's not right. So that was the president Woo! last night. I Woo! thought uh, well, I, just, I, was, I was flipping channels. I thought NBC it was just uh, saluting codgers on their hundredth birthdays. So, <laughs> here's How the last you... living World War One vet. How'd you get I to be one hundred? True international pressure. I'd eat four deviled eggs every morning. I think that's the key. Um, <laughs> what's with his cough? I know that's been brought up before, but he he can't go more than a sentence or two without. <clears throat> he has a. If either one of my parents had that nagging cough, I'd be like, mm-hmm. "Have you been to the doctor?" That, I think that's a, that's a dementia thing. Okay. It can be. Uh, so we got um, Clips of the Week coming up. Is that right? Oh, that's right. That's exciting. Oh, I ruined it. it. He might have missed it today. Sorry, Michael. Oh, I probably would have. I I'm just, a little distracted. A bummer. 
I just took away one of the greatest joys any of us have when he forgets clips of the week. I don't know. We got like three, four minutes. I could forget it between now and then. <laughs> Speaking of dementia. <laughs> all right. And all that stuff on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh, my God. What now? I didn't see this that just broke. The autopsy of Bob Saget, the comedian that died, he tested positive for COVID. Another COVID death. Another COVID death. He hit his head and his brain bled is what killed him, but he had COVID. So there you go. That That counts as a COVID death. Hmm. Hmm. Mailbag is coming up in a moment or two. Oh, look at his eyes light up. Please, you're like a dog who sees a ham, Michael. He he leapt. He almost leapt at that. Michael's button. like a dog when you grab the leash. Yeah. Getting ready for a exactly. walk. <gasps> what? what? <laughs> All right. You got your freedom, love, and quote of the day coming up as well. But first, let's take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. They're locking up my toothpaste. <laughs> The Decepticon variant Hobo 19 is still killing fat people. It's your duty, my beauty, to come around, cutie. The Olympics have started. Yo! You have got to be kidding me. To me, capitalism at its core is not a redeemable system. What is in the safe smoking kit? Uh, a safe smoking skin may contain alcohol swabs, lip balm, other materials. Pretty easy here. I mean, if we're going to be realistic, they pay you to be homeless here. Inflation is destroying our fire jars, and now that Ukraine is being sexually, sexually raped. And Macron's saying that Putin gave him a personal guarantee. The Kremlin denies Putin made any such commitment. There will be no longer... A Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring an end to but, it. But how will, you, how will you do that? I promise you we'll be able to do it. People of Ottawa don't deserve to be confronted with the inherent violence of a swastika flying on a street corner or oh a Confederate flag. So the very same finance ghouls who cheered lockdowns for two solid years are now deeply concerned that small businesses might be hurt by the trucker protests. Hilarious. You look like clowns. I am not bluffing. But whenever you're in a situation where you have to say, I'm not racist, you f***ed up. There's nothing I can do to take that back. Also, the science has changed. Right now, I don't think is the moment to start relaxing those restrictions. Where's the best place to get milk this time of day, you think? You live in a liberal town. Soak your cereal in Lib's tears. <laughs> the better, the better, better, build back, the better, better, build back, better plan, man. You say it three times fast, pal. You say it. Listen, Val, you're gonna end for a problem. New polling out? Wow. It's a, it's a rough time. For the uh, for the White House, among other things that we'll talk about. Mm. There's your freedom, love, and quote of the day from William Henry Harrison, old WHH. I don't know much about the man. I'll admit that. 
One of your minor presidents. Uh, <laughs> didn't, didn't the Simpsons have some sort of the, the kids through a musical at school? We are the minor presidents. Oh, that's right. There's, there's Polk and Tyler and that sort of thing. Anyway, uh, WHH once said, there is nothing more corrupting, nothing more destructive of the noblest and finest feelings of our nature than the exercise of unlimited power. It's a fancy way to express the fact that power corrupts. It always corrupts. Look around you. Mailbag. Got to go back to Kevin the COVID correspondent's uh, email about the NFL awards last night. In the theater that's attached to the very stadium where the Super Bowl is going to be held, nobody had a mask on. None of the adults had a mask on. Why do you say adults, Joe, as I look at the pictures of... Aaron Rodgers and all sorts of NFL stars and beautiful wives and models and nobody with a mask. Oh, wait a minute. There's the, I think it's the L.A. Youth Orchestra there in the hall. All the kids are masked. The inner city youth orchestra of Los Angeles. The kids, the only people who are more or less invulnerable to the COVID, they're all masked. This is bizarre. It is. It's turned into something I can't quite wrap my head around. Yeah, it's the last bastion of fighting for COVID regulations, and it's a it's it's an emotional thing, not a scientific thing. Yeah, I was reading yesterday a psychological analysis, and we can touch on it a little bit later on. That people have adopted "I am super safe about COVID" as their identity. That's who they are. They're not I'm the NASCAR fan, or I'm the doting dad, or 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 whatever. I'm the doctor. No, their identity is I'm super vigilant about COVID because I hated Trump. And and they can't abandon their identity without, like, finding a new identity. It's very hard for people. Anyway, uh, getting back to Kevin's email. So to summarize, in Los Angeles, adult celebrities can congregate indoors unmasked, but school children have to be masked outdoors during recess. If this fact makes you want to scream, what the hell is going on? It just means you don't understand science. Anyway, on to some fine sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Fine, fine sarcasm. Uh, let's see. Biden said what? As far as lowering gas prices go, did Joe Biden say he'd work like the devil or yeah. as the devil? <laughs> yeah, I know. All presidents claim they're going to fix things they have no ability to affect um, at the time. Now, gas prices, obviously, you approve a pipeline, this and that. You can have an effect uh, long term. But what are you going to do about the, the price of oil? It, it's at record highs right now. What are you going to do about that? Okay. Yeah, I know. You're absolutely right. I got to go back to the, uh, the, the email, though, and read it in its entirety, as it has kind of a Jack Kerouac beat poetry feel to it. Biden said, What? As far as lowering gas prices goes, did Joe Biden say he'd work like the devil or as the devil? So far, every policy he's enacted has dug this country further into a hell hole. At this point, our best hope for lower gas prices is if Biden drops into that hole and stays there. Peace out, Al from Portland. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> And everybody snaps. Um, I do appreciate peace out in an email. (laughs) Excited about that halftime show for the Super Bowl, too. Eminem, Snoop, Dr. Dre. That's going to be its own little uh, political story, probably come Monday. If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. 
I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I think it was back in July you said inflation was going to be temporary. I think a lot of Americans are wondering what your definition of temporary is. Well, you're being a wise guy with me a little bit. Uh, and I understand that's your job. What, what is it with that all the time? Huh? You're being a wise guy, huh? Well, you're being a wise guy with me a little bit. What? What is that? I don't know. I don't know. It was a wise guy sort of question, but uh, that's what happens when you're president. There, anybody ask any wise guy questions to Trump? Yeah. Um, the thing that made me mad about that interview mostly was the first half of it. Probably was about masks and mandates and relaxing at what time and everything like that. And and Lester Holt, the uh, anchor for the NBC Evening News, did what practically everybody does, including Fox, a lot of the times, only presented the questions from the point of view of the scared. Not all the rest of us who think it's ridiculous that, for instance, kids are wearing masks, just kept asking. But for those who think it's too early, aren't you concerned that it's too early? No, no. Why is it taking so long? Or what about the damages being done by places that haven't released the mask mandates? Nobody ever asks a question from that point of view, ever. 
Well, and how bizarre is it that you have an example of a leading journalist, one of the big media companies in America, demanding to know why the government is relaxing its powers? Is, should the government really exercise less arbitrary power, says the brave defender of the people? What the hell's going on? I don't know. And then one of Biden's answers was uh, was related to, uh, and, the, and the vaccines approved for kids under whatever age are coming out soon. Nobody's going to get them. <laughs> I guarantee you, because nobody got the last round of shots. Well, uh, four out of five kids haven't gotten the shots. So, right. Quit talking about those vaccines like they're going to make a difference. They don't make any difference sitting in vials at the hospital because people aren't getting them. This is such a weird time. I know it is. Anyway, a uh, separate topic, and then I'm happy to shut up about it. It's start, I'm starting to wear myself out here. And, uh, well, you're it. being a wise guy with me a little bit. Yeah, I am. It's Friday. Uh, I got Super Bowl fever and and chills actually, mm. and uh, and loose stool. I've I've Super Bowl loose stool. Oh, jeez. Well, it's part of the combo package of the disease. <laughs> um, yeah, generally that hits me on Monday. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, did you bring in your bean dip and stuff today, Michael? I didn't because oh. I just didn't have the time to oh, do it. Okay. Okay. Oh no! You know, I got to admit, a little. Oh, first COVID, then this. <laughs> Traditionally, how many years in a row have you brought in your your famous bean dip? For oh, I think blessing? two or three years. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. The recipe is on the website, though. By the way, if anybody needs it, what's what's so cheesy, so good. Yeah, uh, executive producer Hanson's very angry with you right now. I was I was looking forward to eating it, but it's probably better for me that I'm not. So, anyway, um, we mentioned a couple of days ago. I haven't I haven't mentioned much about President Biden's so-called low approval ratings because they go up and down. And I, I've fallen for this a bunch of times since we've been doing a talk radio show. I saw Bush in the 30s. I saw Obama in the 30s. Uh, both get reelected. Um. But Joe Biden that this week went into some like really new territory with the his average polls and the real clear politics average where they average all the best polls out there. He's in the 30s in the average earlier than anybody has been in like, you know, since uh, people were riding horses. <laughs> I said, you're kidding me. I mean, but significantly below Trump at this time. How do you explain that, Joe Biden? Because Trump had a permanent, you know, Forty-eight percent of America that was always going to rate his performance poor if he cured cancer and brought world peace. Um, so CNN's out with a new poll this morning. They've got him at forty-one percent, a little bit higher, but still, you know, horribly low numbers. But I thought some of these other numbers are really interesting. Overall, Americans said fifty-seven to forty-one that the first year of the Biden administration has more been more of a failure than a success. Fifty-seven, forty-one. A 16-point gap in failure or success. That's kind of pretty I'd, big. I'd be curious to talk to the 41 and say, what what would failure look like in your world? How bad is bad enough to call it a failure? Yeah, whether, whether you blame him for it or not, worst inflation in 40 years, the whole Afghanistan thing. What, what exactly? Yeah. Um, that, 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 those are some rough numbers. I mean, like historically bad. Few Americans have deep confidence in Biden to either deal with the economy. 18% said they had a lot of confidence in his ability to do so. Down wow. from 30 in March of last year. 18%. Not a joke. Or lead the country out of the coronavirus pandemic. Only 25%. Down from 42 last spring. A quarter of the people only. 
Of course, I don't need the president to no, do I don't that either. anyway. It's, a, it's an odd uh, attitude, but a lot of people have that attitude, so I suppose they might as well poll on it. Yeah. The attitude that the president needs to lead us out of the coronavirus. Uh, only 35% of independents saw Biden's first year as successful. A third. That's, that's in rough territory. I mean, it's significantly worse shape than Trump. Because he doesn't have, and we talked about this when he was elected, he doesn't have the base of support. People who voted for Biden mostly voted against Trump. Mm-hmm. So they don't care if Biden goes away. They're just happy Trump's not there. Right, right. And Trump will go, oh, I'm sorry, and Biden will go away. I, I was reading somebody's like piece. The, and they, the big go away? or well, he, well, yeah, that too, as we all must. Um, but yeah. Well, you're being a wise guy with me a little bit. <laughs> a little bit, maybe, but you're old as hell. So, um... <laughs> But certainly go away from the Oval Office. I, it was, I was reading uh, Charles Cook or Kevin Williamson, one of those d- super bright conservative types, who pointed out that the Democratic Party is just probably in for a disastrous midterm. And then their scenario in 2024, they have three miserable choices. Run an 82-year-old Joe Biden and Kamala Harris again. Which is just, I, I think that's impossible. It's not going to happen. Um, and, and if they did, can you imagine it would make McGovern look like he won? Uh, a second choice, have Joe Biden ride into the sunset on a rascal scooter, probably, and, and have Come Kamala on. Harris run. And I'm not sure she would win a county, much less a state. And the third, uh, the third uh, scenario <laughs> wouldn't win a county. <laughs> the, the third scenario is, uh, yeah, you could seriously, you could win like a, uh, you could run a like super popular YouTube cat against Kamala Harris, and the cat would win. Oh man, I don't know Kamala or the cat that plays the piano. <laughs> I think I gotta go with the cat, honey. Uh, anyway, Come so the third, so the third scenario is the wide open primary. Uh, where where there's no incumbent, nothing like an incumbent, and and the schism between the way left wackadoodle progressives and their energy, and then the more mainstream Democrats laying that uh, open for the world to see. So it'll be exciting. One more quick thing from the uh, Lester Holt interview, and they're going to play part of this during the halftime of the Super Bowl on Sunday. Uh, mentioned this a little bit earlier. Joe Biden rejecting that report from the Pentagon about what a disaster they did of planning for the exit from Afghanistan. That report came out, got leaked to the Washington Post, got reported on all over the place, including here, um, and Joe Biden rejects it. I just want to clarify, are you rejecting the conclusions or the the accounts that are in this Army report? Yes, I am. So they're not not true? I'm rejecting them. He just flat out, as the commander-in-chief rejects the report coming out of his own military of the withdrawal from Afghanistan. That's weird. So I, I, I feel like Lester Holt could have drilled down on that. Like, so they're lying or is the military out to get you? I mean, so if you reject a report they came up with, what does that even mean? Well, I don't want to engage in a four-hour parsathon today, but every right. time he opens his mouth, it, it's odd. So Lester Holt said, uh, do you reject that report? I reject it. Uh, do you think it's untrue? I reject it. Um, why do you reject it? On what basis do you reject it? You just don't like it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yep, I see. That's it. I see. So you're thinking he was doing the lawyer thing. He didn't want to flat out say it's untrue. Right. You're saying I reject it, which I think means the same thing, but. 
Well, the alternative is to, well, it's, it's, it's hedgeable. You know, mm. in, in the great high school of DC, he didn't say that he hates Jenny. He just said he rejects her. Um, <laughs> because otherwise he'd be in a position of like calling out some of his major, uh, army brass. And over at the Pentagon, they would go crazy. So he says, I reject it, whatever that means. You know, I'm going to say that the next time the IRS says, hey, you owe more money. I reject your report. <laughs> um, okay, but you still got to pay. <laughs> uh, weird times. I'd say it is. I'd say yeah. it is. You know, we, we, we talked a little bit about the, uh, the Oscar nominations, uh, but we did not delve into the Razzies. And I look forward to the Razzie nominations, the Raspberry Awards for the worst motion pictures of the year, more than I look forward to the Oscars. And there is so much there. Before Oscar announcement week ends, we got to do this. What does a raspberry sound like again? Which sound is that? (laughs) That's the raspberry? Yeah. It goes by many names. What are some of the other names? Uh, I was trying to remember what my brother and his family call it. uh... So you put your tongue between your lips and blow air? Is that what that is? Essentially, yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever done that. A schnurl or a spurtle? I don't think I've done that since I was maybe four. Well, we'll do it for you. Okay. Nice. It's enjoyable, isn't it? Do people do that anymore, or is that like old-timey silent picture stuff? I I like it as a gesture. It should should come back. It should make a comeback. Hey, hipsters, bring it back. Like you're in a uh, meeting at work, and you don't like something, go... Well, you're being a wise guy with me a little bit. Oh, well, a little bit, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> oh, we got more on the way. Come on. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It's just out. Russia says they stand by their figure skating phenom who was found guilty of cheating. So we'll talk more about that. Uh, maybe hour two of the Armstrong and Getty show. You know, let's break into the show if they find a Russian athlete who isn't doping. That'd save time. Yeah, I have questions about this, but I'll, I'll, do, I'll do that next hour when we get into it. All right. Oh, but I could good. land a quad, too. You put me on the juice. <laughs> I'll take that bet. <laughs> so uh, the Oscar nominations are out. The ceremony is insufferable, and I hate it and probably won't watch it. But it is kind of nice to, to see a list of, hey, these are 10 or however many really, really great movies. I think Don't Look Up is the favorite, as that's the only one I've seen. I think I will. I think I'm going to watch that tonight. Oh, uh, I, well, I may have built it up too much because I went into it expecting not to like it. So that probably helped. Mm hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so the uh, 42nd Annual Razzie Awards were uh, announced this week. It's the worst movies of 2021, and uh, there's a fair amount to be amused by. There is a new special category, the worst performance by Bruce Willis in a 2021 movie. He put out eight crappy movies in 2021. No, there were eight Eight. Bruce Willis Willis movies last year? Yes. How is that possible? The aging star writes, uh, or what am I reading from? I don't even know. Uh, who once was a box office draw card thanks to lead roles in Die Hard, Pulp Fiction, etc. Made seven direct-to-video movies last year, including one called Out of Death, which has the rarely seen 0% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Zero. So he's in a, I don't know, does he have money problems or another divorce or something? I mean, is he must be in the, yeah, I'll take any role they have. For any amount of money. I don't know. Stage of his career? I don't know. Wasn't he the biggest box office star in the world for a while? I'm sure he was, or he might as well have been. Willis also appeared in Midnight in the Switchgrass, which was released in cinemas, but similarly lambasted by critics. Excruciating musicals, thrill-free thriller ripoffs, and a nearly two-hour product placement flick, and more Bruce Willis than any starving viewer could stomach, Razzie's uh, said in a press release. Uh, da da da. Uh, Willis has not re- yet responded to the news. He don't care. He knows what he's doing. He knows. Yeah. Oh yeah. He knows he was in crappy movies. He made a business decision. LeBron James' acting career isn't faring well either, with the star nominated yeah. for worst actor for his role in Space Jam: A New Legacy. We watched that, and I was surprised at how bad he was because I'd seen him on in some skits before where he was pretty good, but he was terrible in that movie. Terrible. Mm. That's kind of a hard movie to watch, actually. 
Meanwhile, Jared Leto was nominated for Worst Supporting Actor for his role as Paolo in A House of Gucci, which is embarrassing since he's won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. In good company, though, with fellow Oscar winners Ben Affleck and Mel Gibson also named and shamed in that category for the Razzies. I've always been confused about the people that uh, have a rep as being really good at acting and then they're bad in something. Um, it's one thing for the script to be bad and the editing to be bad or whatever, but it, like if you're all of a, all of a sudden you seem phony when you're, what is that? You just didn't try hard enough, or I don't know. A combination of the character, the script, your interpretation of the character, and I've heard from filmmakers more than once that everything can seem to be going great. And then you look at it on the screen. Maybe it's just the the roughs from today or an edited scene or whatever, and they're just not good. Story holding together is an interesting thing, too. I wish I could remember the name of the movie, but my kids watched an animated something uh, the other night on Netflix, Disney, or something like that. And I was sh- and I'd never heard of it. And I was shocked by the huge stars that were in it. So clearly, it was a big swing for some company. I mean, it had giant names voicing the animated characters. But the, it just didn't hold together as a story. It just didn't work. And I'm, I'm always fascinated by that, too. Yeah, yeah. It's harder than it looks, Apparently. I guess. Yeah. Uh, the Worst Picture nominees, Diana the Musical. I saw one short video from it. Uh, seriously, oh. if I was forced to attend that, I might engage in self-harm. <laughs> Get, gouge out your eyes, yeah. Just to, to somehow start bleeding so I could run out. <laughs> So uh, here's your list, Some, Diane. Somehow start bleeding. Whatever it takes. <laughs> Diana the Musical, Infinite, Karen, which I don't know, Space Jam, A New Legacy. I watched that with the kids. Well, they the got, original they, one was pretty terrible, I think I paid too. 25 bucks for that. Well, the kids enjoyed it, which was the whole point. So well, I, oh, I, who cares? Well, wait a minute. That settles that. Yeah. Then. Yeah. And The Woman in the Window. There's your worst movies. So don't watch them. Okay. Or do. Go ahead. Yeah, Bruce Willis put out eight movies in 2021. That's amazing. Do we have an age on Bruce Willis? Can somebody Google that? 66. You think he's that old? You're probably right. I'm guessing. Uh, Bruce Willis is 66 years old. Holy cow! You're the best at guessing Bruce Willis' age I've ever, if anybody I've ever known. Thanks, Jack. That's very kind of you. Oh, wait a minute. It was earlier in the article. <laughs> That's why I knew. <laughs> I thought, wait a minute. How the hell did I know that? Ah, there it is. 66. Sorry. Yeah, I, that would be. That's what I want to know. Uh, I, wa- I want to know his decision-making process as a big, giant star who's thinking he might have just thought, you know, I'm probably at the end. You know, people who, who knew me when I was great, I'm probably at the end where I can really cash in on, you know, my career. Right. So I just went all in on uh, during the COVID year, and I uh, figured this is the way to maximize. You know, it might, might just be that cold a calculation. Well, yeah, and I suspect rather strongly that he gets a really good check from these indie filmmakers because his name on there grants it oh, some sure. legitimate, or oh, he used absolutely. to anyway. And, and he probably works for four days. He enjoys what he does. Well, and and if uh, it goes home. And if you're a certain kind of guy, which I think Bruce Willis probably is, he doesn't care about whatever legacy he has or whatever. Well, I don't care. I just <laughs> Or he feels like that's already set. Yeah, which it is. I mean, nobody's going to go back to, like, uh, Tom Hanks minor roles that everybody's forgotten about when they talk about his legacy. They'll talk about the big four or five movies, for sure. instance. Sure. So, What's Bruce Willis's best movie? Anybody? Uh, Hudson Hawk. <laughs> what Michael. is it with you? Always. You're kind of being a wise guy. You're kind of being a wise guy a little bit there, huh? That's what you're doing right there. What? What? 
Uh, a lot of people say Die Hard. I'm not as big an action movie fan as, uh, as some people are. Probably Pulp Fiction. Pulp oh, Fiction, right. he was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it's hard to do better than that. Like, he's the star of Pulp a Fiction. A vote for Sixth Sense. That was yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I was going to say, oh. he's terrific in Sixth Sense. I'm trying to remember the name of a movie It's not as well-known where he played a psychiatrist uh, where, who, who helped a bunch of people who were really mentally troubled, and it's a, oh. it's a scary movie. You also see his wang. But um, right, the Bruce Willis is Wang movie. Uh, he was damn good in that. That's a frightening movie. He's color in Twelve of Night, I think, is the oh, name of the movie. A color. Of I night. think I could be wrong. Very dark is the color of night. Um, he was in Twelve Monkeys with Brad Pitt, right? You that was, was a wild movie. I didn't see it. Too many monkeys. Yeah, and that's just more monkeys than I need. I know how you are with monkeys. Ten is my upper limit. So, frontline report from school mask protests, justified or not. The science is piling high and deep now. Anybody who has masks on kids in schools is doing the opposite of following the science. Touch on that. And it's all a lot of places around the country. Uh, if you miss an hour, grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.